Let's get it, y'all. I am way too excited. Like, I'm scream whispering right now because I don't want to scream in your ear because I'm that excited. The Straight Up Podcast, the one that you love, the one you listen to right now, is now a part of the Grove Day Podcast Network. You heard me. I told y'all we turn it up this year. And guess what? A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world, change to the world, impact to the world, and support shows and brands we believe in. That's why I'm a part of Growth Day. It's all about empowering people, impacting people, and bringing change to this world. But listen, one of my friends is a part of this network, and I need you to go show some love. Subscribe to her show. Earn your happy with Lori Harder. Okay, Lori is going to make you go harder in every area of your life. She's a brilliant mind, a brilliant spirit, a brilliant human. I know you're going to love her. I know you're going to love her show. That's Earn Your Happy with Lori Harder. Go subscribe today and watch your life be changed. Hey, what's up? This is Trent Shelton. Some people know me as an author. As a speaker, as an athlete, some people know me as the guy whose videos pop up in their social media feeds. But at the end of the day, I'm simply a man on a mission. I want to help you transform your life using the exact tools I use to transform mine. I won't say I have all the answers, but I will do everything I can to help you find yours. My goal isn't to reach millions. My goal is to reach you. Welcome to Straight Up. Let's get it. What up, y'all? Welcome to today's episode of the Straight Up Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Sheldon. First of all, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you that have tuned in for the last, I think we had about 80-something episodes. Uh, if you're new, welcome. And today's a special day. Uh, I have a special guest, somebody who is a return guest on the podcast. So you know if he's a return guest, obviously, it's someone special. And, and he's coming today to introduce his new book, Your Time Is Now. Get what God has given you. And you can go back to the earlier podcast to understand our story and our history. But this is the man that really saw something inside of me that I didn't see in myself. Uh, He's one of my mentors, someone that I look up to, my big brother, my teammate at Baylor, my teammate at Washington, Mr. Jonathan Evans. What's up, bro? Man, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm just here in the spot with my boy Trent. And so I'm excited to talk. Let's talk. Man, so we were just talking off audio about just where the world is at right now. And I just want to challenge you with this, man. You, your book is titled Your Time Is Now. What does that mean for someone listening to this? Why did you write it? What does that mean that you just share? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, what's important is for us to realize that all of our time is now. Um, you know what? I'm the baby in the family. So as the baby in the family, I would always ask my parents as a kid, when is it going to be my turn? That's just a natural question <laughs> that the baby of the family is going to ask. And my parents were always intentional to say, it's always your turn because God uses everything and doesn't waste anything. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, what a lot of people do is they skip the journey for the goal, not realizing that God puts everything that's a part of your journey in the stew so that you can taste a good purpose. You know, if you get to the if you get to the goal too soon, you're not going to be ready for it. You won't be able to digest it. Um, it won't hit your system right. And so God uses your journey to coat your stomach uh, in such a way that you can handle the things that are going to come in later. Mm. <laughs> every every time you speak, bro, I gotta just like pause and let this digest. So, as you guys are listening, I'm listening to um, just to get this information, my brother. So much wisdom. So, 
So the person out there where you said, you know, a lot of us want to skip the process and get to the gold, how it's so easy to want to skip the process because I like to say we live in the perfection culture, mm-hmm. the culture where everything is perfect, the culture that's made it cool to not even try no more. It's like you look online, you feel like, oh, I'm trying to accomplish this or I failed at this. And it's almost you don't want to show that part of the journey. So like somebody listen to this right now that wants that microwave, whatever it may be, that microwave healing, that microwave success, that microwave business. Why is it important to trust the process? And why is it important to actually trust God, even when it doesn't make sense? Well, no one wants to go to a restaurant and eat microwave food. They want it to be slow cooked, Mm. but then they want a microwave purpose. And they wonder why things don't taste as well when they actually are living out their life. And a lot of people deal with um, a lot of depression and anxiety. I mean, I kind of dealt with it myself because I'm like looking at where I should be. And so I didn't realize that that God was using every circumstance, every pain, every problem and every pandemic uh, for me to actually get to a place where I can handle the weight of what he was going to put on me. And so I just wanted to make sure that I encourage people uh, with their journey and through their journey and so that they can think with purpose, even in their pain. They, They can think with purpose, even in their problem, that they're not overcome by their problem, but they can be overcomers within their problem. And so even though sometimes you can't change your circumstances, you can be changed in it. You can be changed in your circumstances. And so a lot of people are just fighting the change. So why isn't this changing? And, you know, that's why people get, you know, so stuck with a lack of happiness because they're chasing after something that was made to elude them. Happiness is something that's based on what's happening. So if something right is not happening, then I'm not happy. But what you want to do is live a life of joy. And so your time is now has to do with I can have joy even in pain because my joy is not contingent upon what's happening. My joy is contingent upon my faith internally, no matter what's happening, because I know that where I'm going is going to be much bigger than where I've been and where I am. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to play. I like that we say the word devil's advocate. But (laughs) to the person that's listening to this right now and says, I hear you. I understand you. And that's the thing, too. I feel like a lot of us want change, but we don't want to change. We don't like to be uncomfortable in that change. We want it just to happen. So I'll just be open and transparent. Like, I mean, a lot of them know my situation in March, right? Um, gaining my mom as an angel, going through the situation with Maya, my AU, all these things happen over and over and over and over again. So the person that's in the middle of their storm right now, and it's hard to trust, it's hard to understand it's hard to even have faith. Like what encouragement would you give them to, to stay the course? Because during those storms, it could be easy to pull away saying, man, God doesn't love me or why all these things happen to happen. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I'll be honest in March, I had that conversation with God, like, why is all this happening to me? So what do you have to say to the person right now that's dealing with that? That's saying, okay, my time is now, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all about holding on to faith when all hope is lost. And I think that that's an important thing. And that's what faith is. You know, I said it on our previous podcast that we did together. I don't know when it was, maybe a year ago or something. But faith is acting like it is so, even when it's not so, so that it may be so simply because God said so. Mm. And so faith is acting like God is telling the truth, whether you feel it, whether you totally understand it, whether you um, have a good uh, line of sight with it is irrelevant. What, what I want to do is believe that I'm here for a purpose. I want to believe that an intelligent God has not placed me here unintelligent, 
that I'm not here just living a random life with a purposeful God. And so we have to believe that if I'm going through something, you know, my mom told me this, Trent, when, you know, we have our mom situation. Right. So we, we both are in the same boat. But my mom said people have to realize and understand that their greatest ministry will come from their greatest misery. So if you don't have the misery, if you don't experience the training camp, then how can you ever be prepared for the season? It's just it's just the it's the way life works out. And, you know, as a minister, I think in terms of, you know, just what God's word says, you know, Jesus says in this world, you will have trouble, but you can still have joy because I've overcome it. And so it's the belief in the trouble that gives me joy, even when I'm not happy, because I am an overcomer even when I feel like I'm not overcoming. The question is, who are you really? Not simply allowing your circumstances to determine who you are based on how you feel, okay? Mm -hmm. Feelings and faith are two different things. And a lot of times we connect our feelings and our faith and that's what has us down. They're not the same. Faith over feelings. I love to say facts over feelings and I'm gonna add faith over feelings. Yeah. I think we get in trouble, bro, when we trust our try to trust our own understanding. Oh, like <laughs> like can you speak to that because I think that's what it is because we're trying to, you know, I always say depression happens a lot of times in life when life is not adding up to what we think it should add up to. That's right. And we trust our own understanding. So obviously in scripture it tells us not to lean on our own understanding. How important is that to be able to persevere through the trials, through the storms and knowing that, you know what? God is up to something that I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's it's much bigger than my understanding. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth are the chasm between his ways and our ways and his thoughts and our thoughts. And so we really have to understand and really believe. that. And, and we function like this in life. Like you have to heat stuff up in order for it to taste good. You have to set uh, gold on fire in, in order for it to be minted. You know, you have to go through training camp in order for there to be a season. You know, we tell people all the time that that tough situation that you went through is what made you. You know what I'm saying? Like when we come to rehab time, you can't have rehab unless you're rehabbing from being addicted. Like you, there, there is no... Trent Shelton without the hard times. Like there is no podcast that we're talking on right now without the losses and the grief and the strain. Like all of that that has come from, you know, what Trent is putting out and what y'all are listening to has come from um, a lot of the difficulties that he didn't prefer, that you didn't prefer. Absolutely. And the same thing with me. And, you know, my mom was my, you know, my testimony when we found out she had terminal cancer, we were crying. We were, I mean, my dad was boohooing. We were all, I mean, because it was a shock. And my mom looked at us and said, are y'all finished yet? And we were like, wait, what? She said, are y'all finished? Are you done with all this crying stuff? And we we're like, I guess, I mean, if you want us to be. And she said, sit down. She said, this family will not tuck tail and run. You're not going to use this, this pain, this grief. I know you're going to take care of me. I know you're going to love me, but you're not, I'm not allowing you to use this as something to tear you down. You're going to use this as a catalyst to build you up. And I said, how, how are we going to do that? I said, how, how can you be telling us to go forward at a time like this? And she said, you never should forget it. That's the only reason you exist. Mm -hmm. And you don't, you don't stop doing why you're here because there's pain in your life. You use the pain in your life to propel you to do what you are called to do better and greater. And she said, you know, for us, you know, she said, the when, it, when it's all said and done, all you want to hear is well done. When it's all said, when it's all over, because her passing away and your mom passing away is not mutually exclusive to our moms. It's something that every human being 
experiences and will experience. And we all know it. And so you want to live today thinking about tomorrow. What investment are you making today so that when tomorrow comes, when your creator looks at you, he can say, well done. You finished strong. You didn't give up. You didn't allow the pain that I that you knew and I knew you were going to have to stop you from the purpose that I wanted to give you. You went and got it. And so God wants to give it to you. He has it, but he will not open up his hands and allow that purpose uh, to drop unless you're willing to show the faith that's necessary through the hard times for him to trust you with the purpose that he has in the good times. Mm. See, coaches, it's like players. How can you ask your coach to put you on the field when you're not willing to work hard? How can you ask your coach to put you on the field? And so I'm depressed sitting on the sidelines, mad at my coach that he won't let me execute my purpose. But I never wanted to go through training camp. I never wanted to run the sprints. I never wanted to go to the weight room. I never wanted to do the rehab when I got hurt. So how can he drop this play call on me when he can't trust me? And so a lot of times people are asking for the play call, depressed that they're not getting the play call. And God is watching you in the pain because he wants to know. Are you going to continue to have faith in the pain? Because if I can trust you when you're in pain, then I can definitely trust you when the pleasure shows up. I, I wonder this, Jay, like, and this is a personal question that, I mean, I'm interested in all of this, obviously. But as you were talking, I was thinking about like grief, right? Um, a lot of people deal with grief. I've been getting this a lot, obviously, maybe because of this year, people have been reaching out. Yep. But what has helped you in your season of grief? Like, is, is it is it a certain scripture? Is it something that you remind yourself of daily? And also part two of this question is, when you're going through your hard times, right? Are you going through your struggles? Like, maybe it's the same thing. What's the thing that you go to? You know, whether it's prayer or whether it's you tell yourself certain words, like what's that for you that can help somebody, you know, dealing with hard times right now to get their mind refocused on the bigger picture? Yeah. I think there's a concept to the first part of your question that even when you're losing, you can still be a winner. Mm. And I tell my son all the time, I said, if you're going to lose, lose like a winner. Like when he's playing sports, I'm like, don't be losing and be a loser in your loss. Like we can't do that. If you're going to lose, you still operate like a winner, even when you're losing. When you're winning, you operate like a winner. When you're losing, you operate like a winner. And I think that that's important because, you know, my view um, as it relates to to life is I want to play today thinking about tomorrow. So in football, Trent, even if we were losing, which at Baylor at the time we were there, <laughs> we didn't spend a whole lot of time winning. So, so we have practiced at this. But even when we were losing, we knew that the way we were playing was on film. We knew that even in a loss, even if it was a bad loss, that if we still gave our best and played hard with our particular position on the field, that the head coach the next day would still congratulate our effort from yesterday, even though yesterday was a loss. Mm. So we went to the next day feeling like a winner, even though the previous day we were losers as it relates to the scoreboard, because we didn't allow the circumstances to determine our effort. We didn't allow the circumstances to determine how we executed the playbook. And so just that's what my mom was saying. My mom was saying, you're going to continue to execute like a winner, even in this loss, because at the end of the day, you have a head coach that has the game tape on. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and he's watching the film and he wants to, you can get a well done even when you've gone through a world of hurt. And so you want to live today thinking about tomorrow. You know, what businessman do you know that invests in a stock or a business that he knows will uh, fail up front? Yeah. What, what businesswoman do you know that looks at a business, knows it's going to fail, knows it's going to end, but then puts all of her stock in it? Nobody. We would say that's dumb. Well, what, per, what, how smart is it in this life to put all our eggs in this life basket when we know it's going to end? So here we are knowing that life is going to end. And then we only invest in life for today, but we don't invest in life for tomorrow. My mom was letting us know that where you're going, you're going to be there a whole lot longer than you are here. So you want to play today thinking about tomorrow because tomorrow is going to last a lot longer than today. And so when you think much bigger than where you are, then where you are can no longer hold you captive. Mm. Okay, so it's the mindset of, man, we got to take this much bigger. My dad used to always say, you are not in the land of the living on your way to the land of the dying. You're in the land of the dying on your way to the land of the living. And when you understand that, which we all know it, we all know it, but we don't live with the perspective of let me continue to make great investments even when I feel like I'm losing because where I'm going is much bigger than where I've been. To the second part of your question, what do I do practically when I'm when I'm losing? What do I do practically? One of the greatest things you can do, there's a whole lot of things you can do, but one of the greatest things that you can do, number one, is that you don't want to go through that by yourself. Mm. The greatest levels of depression and anxiety happen in isolation. So when you're in isolation, when you don't have anybody else who's on the opposite end of the spectrum, who can, who can, who can push you when you're tired, when you've run all of the sprints and you're at the last one, you ain't got no more left. Somebody there who has got a little bit more gas in the tank that can put their arm around you and help carry you um, is important. So accountability is important. Secondly, and we got to talk about this, is rest. Mm. Uh, re- the taboo word in yes. today's generation, yeah, yeah, rest, yeah, right? It's <laughs> rest. People a lot of times don't understand that their stress, their worry, their depression, and their anxiety is due to the fact that they're running without stopping. There is nobody who can run without stopping and not fall out. Eventually, you're going to fall out. And so it's like a baby. I I said this in in one message I did, Trent. Um, My son was frustrated at a kid because a kid wouldn't share. So he was crying and whining and acting crazy. And I looked at him and said, bro, you need a nap. And so he was like, what? (laughs) You know how kids respond to that? They're like, what does the fact that Johnny won't share have to do with a nap? Like, I'm looking at how he's responding, and the way he's responding to that issue lets me know he needs a nap. In his immaturity, he can't connect the dots between Johnny not sharing and my dad telling me I need a nap. That's crazy to him. He's like, man, I ain't gonna need no nap. Johnny just needs to share. I said, you're going to go take a nap. You need rest. He went and took a nap. He got up. Johnny still wouldn't share. And then he said, don't worry, I'll just go play with something else. All of a sudden, he was able to respond differently to the same situation just because he got rest. Mm -hmm. He didn't make the connection, but his father could make the connection. Most people don't understand this protect your peace model that you talk about all the time, how important that is to the way they respond to life, to the way they respond to uh, issues and pain and pandemics in their life. 
their response would be totally different, even if the situation is the same. Let's talk about that. Like, cause <laughs> I know that's your thing. Yeah, because like, I'm learning from you. I, I've been I've been really geeking out over rest. I mean, uh, I was showing you over. I don't want to send Whoop a shout out, but they can sponsor. Shout out to Whoop, but nah, if they want to. But seriously though, like I've been very intrigued with the amount of sleep I've been getting because I just think about it. If I'm always on go, 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 then eventually, I mean, like anything, you're gonna run out of gas. I'm not gonna operate as efficient and. We live in a society, especially the personal development world or the social media world, where it's like, you know, 24-7, 365, team no sleep, grind, 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 grind. And that is a perfect recipe to burnout. Exactly. It's a perfect recipe to mental health problems. And if you think about it, because you just said this, and I was thinking it's interesting, because even when you go to sleep, and it doesn't always mean your problems disappear, but you usually wake up with a different perspective. If I'm having a bad day, if I take a nap, if I go to sleep the next morning, I'm a little bit... You know, my, my perspective has changed a little bit. So there's even if you think about somebody who's ill or sick, their body has to get rest to be able to heal and recover. Mm -hmm. So for you, how important? OK, how important you have five kids, right? <laughs> you are a busy. You are a busy person. Dallas chaplain, uh, Dallas Cowboys chaplain, uh, pastor, et cetera, et cetera, investor, entrepreneur. How do you find that balance? And we talked, and every since you told me about balance, by the way, I use that about standing priority. Mm -hmm. So, but how do you find the balance to be able to say, okay, I need, or the discipline to say, I need to be able to shut it down. Even, I, even if I know I can go a little bit harder, I know me shutting it down will give me the energy that I need to be able to go even harder the next day or the next month. You have to realize that the world will be okay without you. But you won't be okay if you keep trying to give to the world. Mm. See, people, there's nothing wrong with giving to the world. That's what we do. But a lot of times, we're this whole, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to have my content because my followers, you know what I'm saying? So we create a beast that we have to feed. And the more that we feed it, the bigger the beast gets. Mm. Okay. And so then we get trolled by our own page. We get trolled by our own lifestyle. We get trolled by what we built. Because we didn't build it with sufficient rest um, embedded into it. Mm -hmm. See, rest is not something that falls on you. Rest is something you have to prepare and plan for. Rest is so important that you can't just look up and just say, man, I just need. No, because you can't get rest because you've already scheduled your whole life. You didn't plan of how important rest is for the schedule of your life to make sure that you can keep going, to make sure that you can keep moving. And so practically... Uh, the ways that I get uh, rest in my life, number one, is you have to be comfortable with the word no. Mm. Until you get comfortable with the word no and realize, I had to realize, you know what? The world is okay without me. Like literally, I've watched people leave their jobs, get fired from their careers, take months and weeks off, and everything keeps going. Get cut from football teams. Get cut from football teams. <laughs> the football team keeps going. Nothing ever stops. You talk about the greatest people in the world. Think about Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was probably one of the greatest of all time performers, musicians, writer. He couldn't even go into a hotel without going through the back door because he couldn't. I mean, he just lived. So, but you think about that. It's been, what, 10, 11 years since Michael Jackson passed away, something like that. Music keeps playing. Steve Jobs. People keep performing. The iPhone keeps keeps, keeps uh, uh, it's evolutionizing. I mean, it keeps going. Yeah, iPhone 13, iPhone 4. It keeps going. Mm. So 
you can you can keep going for a world that will keep going when you stop going or you can realize that the world will be okay and better off if they have the best version of you and you tell them no for yourself so that you can tell them yes with your purpose. If, if you don't learn how to say no and be confident in it, because I can't spend time with my kids if I don't say no. Like if I don't, if I say yes to you, I'm at the same time saying no to my family. See, people have to realize that your yes to something is automatically a no to something else. So you're ignoring some, and my family, I would say my family is more important. That would, that's what comes out of my mouth, but my time is on my phone. But my time is on social media. But my time is with people who barely know my name. But in my out of my mouth, I say my family is more important. So I literally have to tell, look at people and say, nope. Because when I say no to them, I'm actually saying yes to what I say is actually the most important things. And that's where you find rest, just playing with my kids. <clears throat> See, because when it's all said and done, remember that future view. When it's all said and done, it's really going to be your kids. It's going to be your wife. It's going to be your kids. It's going to be your grandkids. And if you discipled the whole world, but you didn't disciple them, there's a problem. If everybody else knows you rehab, but they don't, there's a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, they're, they're, I know they're tripping out right now, bro, because literally the last few episodes were about basically this. Yep. And a question I ask myself all the time, because I talk about fulfillment, right? And I say fulfillment usually works off of two things. And you just hit the nail on the head. I say it works off your priority, what truly matters to you. And then it works off where you spend your time. That's right. And if you spend your time on things that are lesser priorities in your life, you're not going to be fulfilled. I don't care how successful you are, how much money you have. If that's not a high priority in your life, you're not going to be fulfilled. And so the question that I ask myself often as a trigger for me is, is one, what is this costing me? Ooh, that's it. What is this costing me? And there's times in my life where I've said yes to things that seem good at the time, right? But it costs me a lot on the back end. That's right. You know, whether it be traveling all the time, saying yes to speeches and yes, 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 and then being burnt out and being sick and not being able to go to my son's football game or whatever. It's like, what is it costing me? And, you know, just to even get more personal, you know, I've been asking myself those two questions. What is it costing me? And what truly matters? What truly matters? I'm telling you. What, that question right there has changed my life this year because with my mom's situation, you know, it made me ask that because, you know, that puts it in perspective that, like you said, what life is truly about, what's going to be, you know, what we're truly living for. And, you know, outside of your family, your close friends, I know there aren't people coming to my, my mom's gravesite you know, bringing her flowers every single right. day and all these things. And nor do we expect that because people have their own lives, but you realize, okay, the things that truly matter are your kids, are your family, are your closest friends, are the people that's going to care about you and still think about you once you're not here. Because like you said, the world is going to keep going. And, keep going. and I think too many times we think we're so important to the world. We don't realize that the things that we're chasing, the things that we think that matter, the things that we're losing ourselves over, trying to please people, trying to please jobs. At the end of the day, the world's going to keep going. And you're going to realize that the people who really are devastated years and years and years are the ones you might have said no to because you said yes to all these other things in the world. Yeah. I mean, you have generational progress in the culture and generational curses in the home. 
Say that again. So you, <laughs> Say that again. You, you try to make generational progress in the culture, yeah. but you end up with generational curses in your home. The, the tragedy of a nation is only the tragedy of its families written large. If everyone took care of their nucleus, we wouldn't even need as much encouragement on social media. So, so it's really because we, we run out of the door thinking that our purpose starts not in the home, but outside of the home. But what you do inside of the home just should be a spillover to outside of the home. It shouldn't be uh, one of those things where I'm doing one thing outside, but my family is like, but let me tell the world who you really, really are. are. You know, <laughs> you know Absolutely. what I mean? And so that, that has to do with priorities. And we have to understand, don't feel bad about it. Priorities are something you have to work at mm. because you can prioritize a list. But then after you prioritize the list, then you have to work on prioritizing your life to match it. That's the hardest part. See, we got the list. I can eat. People do list easy. Well, of course, God, family, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we do list easy. Life's not easy because now you have the nuances of job, expectations at the job, building things. You know, you got all of these things you do have to do. But what we do is we use all of those things as an excuse to not be with the family and make the family accept it because of what we have to do, especially as providers. Yeah. So we, we providing for our family. We're like, man, I'm on my phone. Cause I got to provide. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the kids are like, you just told me to get off my phone. You on yeah. your phone. Yeah. But this is what I do for my job. You know? So, so we have a way of doing what we want to do, even when we know what we should do. So prioritizing your life and prioritizing the list, are both important, but the life carries so much weight. And, and it, it's something you have to put effort in. And it's something that me and you have to work on constantly. Okay, Absolutely. It's a constant battle for balance. Absolutely. And I think what people can do, this is what I did, man. And I challenge people all the time with this. So I always say, what you care about shows in your time and how you spend your money often. And so the first one of the first things I did, I went to my bank account. And I didn't, I didn't, I did it from the previous month because I didn't want to like start it today and then consciously I'm doing the right thing. So I went my bank account and I asked myself, I looked at it and I was spending money on things that that weren't priorities in my life a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was spending yeah, it was like I was like, man. And then I went to my calendar just with my time. I just tracked like my last week, and this was years ago, my last week or my last month or my last few months, and how I was spending my time wasn't on my priorities. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to challenge everybody listening to this right now. If you want to see if you're really living in priority. Take a look at how you spent your last week, like map that out and take a look at your bank account. Download your bank statement <laughs> and see, because a lot of times we say we care about X, Y, Z, but then those things really expose it. I want to read something from your book, page 65, and I want you to touch on this. And by the way, man, like you guys, you already see why Jay's phenomenal, man. I mean, just the wisdom that he's speaking is, is just incredible. I get, I'm actually like forgetting that I'm on a podcast right now and like really wanting to take all this in, bro. So it says, there is always a journey to every victory in life. It's not just about getting to the promises. Often, it's the path along the way that shapes you, molds you, and makes you into the greatest, uh, greatest you seek. If you don't participate and cooperate with the journey itself, how is God going to unleash it? No athlete just shows up ready to play. There's always a journey towards greatness. Touch on that. That almost sounds like Trent Shelton. Almost <laughs> like I got that from you. Yeah, that's uh, that's important, man. Like we were talking about that journey, and people need to start. And I, 
I challenge myself, get excited about the journey. Get excited about the work. Get excited about the hard times. Like even in our marriage, I talked to my wife, like I'm excited about the work of the marriage because the work of the marriage is what produced the fruits, fruits of the love. So, so I, I have this mindset where I understand former athlete. I understand going to seminary. I understand all of the things that I've been through, even in my marriage, to get it to the place where where I you know dream about. You know what I mean? I'm looking at that goal, but it's that journey that gets you there. And for a lot of us, we just have to go. We just have to go. One of the chapters in the book is just go. They're one word chapters. Okay, you got to read it to figure out what it's about. But but go just has to do it's a it's just a small word, but it has the biggest impact. A lot of people have paralysis by analysis. They're sitting so long looking at the goal and they're studying how they're going to get there that, you know, when it says God laughs at your plans, because the way that he's going to get you there is going to be so different than what you've calculated. And so a lot of times you have to just take one step and the next step and realize that it's just simply picking up the breadcrumbs that are in front of you that take you to the pie of your purpose. You can't just jump to the pie of your purpose. You have to be willing to have faith in the breadcrumbs and where those are leading you. Follow the yellow brick road like we used to watch when we were kids because faith is you can't see all the way there. You don't understand all of those things. You don't un, you don't have the wisdom and the knowledge. You know, a lot of people who have made it in life, quote unquote, they'll say, man, I kind of have no idea how I got here. I mean, when I look back, you know what I'm saying? I said all the time. Yeah. 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 How, how, I didn't I didn't plan for this. I didn't think about this. You know, and it's a lot of people who aren't planning for it and looking for it and try to and trying to um, use their own hands to mold it that end up getting it because they just say, you know what, I'm going to take one step at a time. I'm going to get up every day and be obedient today. I'm going to get up every day and go after it today. I'm going to get up every day and not quit today. I'm going to get up every day and not allow my pain to stop my progress today. And after you calculate so many days, after you go through so many days, you look back after a month, two months, a year, two years, and you're saying, how did I get here? And the only thing you can say is I had faith day by day. And my faith carried me to my promise. I told somebody the other day, and they looked at me crazy. I said, you know what? You're trying too hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I, I literally told that you're trying too hard. You're trying too hard to be it, to become it. You're trying too hard to do it your way. And they looked at me like, aren't you supposed to like try hard? Like, And I said, don't confuse. You know, I feel like it's funny you said that, man, because people ask all the time, like, how did you get here? And I said, you know, it's a plan that God has for you when you can't really explain. You, you can't. can't. Yeah. You know, I just I just took control over over the things that I knew I could control and it wasn't it wasn't hard and I want to touch I want to ask you this question like selfishly because have you heard of imposter syndrome? That, okay, so it's a it's a it's a term that is is big now, right? Along with depression, but imposter syndrome is basically you feeling like an imposter, right? You feeling like, man, like I don't deserve this. So it's like, say you you make it to the NFL, you feel like, man, why am I here? Like, there's other people who work harder. There's yep, other people, yep, yep, yep. and I talked about this on a previous podcast because I I feel like I've dealt with that. Like, because I felt like, man, there's so many people who do more, who work harder. Like, why me? And I asked myself that a lot, and then I realized is it's because it's this is what God really has for my life, and I feel like when you're walking in the calling He has for your life. Don't get it wrong. You go through trials and tribulations, but I just feel like it's natural. Yep. You know, I don't feel like I'm having to put in 
so much effort outside of myself. Do you? Yeah. Listen. Okay. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what you just said. And this is going to be something practical. You're driving down the highway of life. And every highway has mixed masters that you come to where highways connect. And as you're driving down the highway of life, uh, there's there's a few things from a mixed master standpoint where things will connect that you need to remember. Number one, what are your passions? What, number two, what are your abilities? Number three, what are your experiences? And number four, what are your opportunities? Mm-hmm. When you're driving down the highway of life and you come to the mix master of your uh, passions, of your opportunities, your experiences that connect with your natural abilities, you've just run into the mix master of purpose. And what happened is, Trent, you're driving down the highway of life and you, you're passionate about helping people and speaking. You have opportunities that have come to you since you left college just through the, the various nuances of life. You have your experiences that you have to pull on, which is why you can't skip the journey. And then you have your ability. You have the ability to actually do it. If you don't have the ability to actually, it's not like American Idol when people go and try out and sing and they think they're singers, but they're they're awful. You actually have the ability that connect with your passions. And then you have the opportunities that connect with your experiences. When those four things connect, you've run into your purpose. And so as you drive down the highway of life, those are the things that you're thinking about. Those are the th- that's why you can't skip your journey because your experiences make you better with your abilities that you're passionate about. I mean, all of those things uh, come together. And that's what happened to Trent Shelton. What happened to Trent Shelton as as he was going through, man, man, I need to rehab my life. I'm not doing this right. As you were going through that pain, that was your experiences. But you got what your dad got. Your dad be at all the games shouting, <laughs> you know, talking, getting the crowd revved up. He's getting the crowd. Even when we're losing, he had them chanting on the sideline. So you got that. OK. And then you have uh, uh, the, these opportunities that started to show up. When you go hard where you're planted, opportunities will come. Mm-hmm. See, people are waiting for opportunities to go hard. No, 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 no. You go hard with no opportunities and then opportunities find you. See, and so once once you start getting into that mix master, you'll do it and you'll just be surprised you're getting paid to do it. I'm, <laughs> bro, I'm laughing because, man, like that is purpose 101. Yeah, like that, that that's it. That is that is it. Like and, and and that is like the main question people ask. Like, how do I find my purpose? That's it. There you go. <laughs> Jay just explained it. There you go. Last question as I wrap this up, man. And you know, make sure you guys get my brother's book. The time your time is now. Get what God is giving you. Amazon, anywhere, anywhere you can buy books. Uh, make sure you tap in with my brother at Jonathan Blake Evans on social media. Go on YouTube, uh, watching his, watching him preach, watching him deliver. Ah, man, as y'all see, this guy is phenomenal, man. I'm blessed to be able to call him a brother and always be able to pick his brain. Last question. I know there's someone listening to this episode right now that is struggling, man, you know, and they're struggling with their relationship with Christ, their relationship with God. Um, They might feel like God doesn't love them no more based upon their circumstances, right? They might feel like God doesn't love them based upon what's no longer happening in their life. And, you know, they just feel lost, what would you say is the is is a practical first step for somebody to build their relationship with God back? 
or to even start that relationship with God? Yes, I would I would get up early in the morning or late at night and I would just walk with God. There is a concept in the Bible, walking with God. And so I do that literally. Here's a practical thing. As you go out of your house at night or early in the morning when kind of life is slow, not moving so fast, and with your eyes open as you walk down the street, the Bible says, come to the Lord with an unveiled face, meaning come real. Don't come with a veil over your face to try to cloud it. And you literally walk with God and you tell him about your problems. You tell him about your woes. You tell him that you need help. You tell him you're at the end of the road. You tell him you want to give up. You tell him you need to see him in a new way. And you'll be surprised what God will say to you in the quiet places that you will not hear with all of the noise. And so we have to do the practical walking with God. Literally, I encourage everybody on this podcast to just start taking walks with God. Just you, you can take your son. Uh, Sometimes you'll want to be by yourself. You may even just take a friend and y'all just pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing. That means don't stop. That means prayer is not a formal thing where it has to be on your knees before you go to bed with your eyes closed. Prayer should be constant. You should be while you're driving, pray, while you're walking, pray, while you're working out, pray. Because when you pray, it's a dialogue, not a monologue. That's when you'll see, oh, that didn't happen by chance. I just prayed about that last week. (laughs) That didn't happen by chance. I just talked to God about that. When you start walking with him, then you'll get to experience him walking with you. I I took a walk last night, man, and I did exactly that. And I love the way you titled that walking with God. And it's like... You know, I walked Titan. It was just me and him. I brought him because I didn't want no coyotes to jump out out here, out here. But I just felt connected. And um, that's something that I'm going to start doing daily, man, and really being intentional with walking with God. And I encourage everybody listening to this podcast to do that because y'all hit me up all the time. And like Jay said, man, do it. Make that a practical thing that you do every single day and watch the connection grow and watch how God will speak to your heart and start to show up in your life. So, bro, I appreciate you for coming, man. I appreciate you being on the podcast. As y'all see, this man is pure gold. Like I said, get on YouTube, follow him, share this message. As a matter of fact, I want everybody on here to make sure you hit him up on Instagram and let him know, as well as myself, and tag us what you actually took from this podcast episode, what you learned. And I want everybody to be intentional about this. I want you to find one person in your life, all right? You can share it on social media. That's fine. You can send out a text message. That'd be great. But find one person in your life, your kids, your coworker, your friend, your whoever, and send this episode to them because you just never know what silent battle someone is dealing with. And I know my brother J.E. had said some great information, some great words that could definitely speak to someone's heart. So be a hero in their life and send them this episode. But like always, it all starts with you. It's rehab time. Let's get it straight up. Straight Up is hosted and recorded by me, Trent Shelton. The episodes are mixed and edited by Andrew Weller. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Straight Up with Trent Shelton is a production of The Hollis Company. Hey! I want to make sure you got my phone number. Like, for real, for real. No kidding. Did you even know that I have a community text number? And if you don't, where have you been? So go ahead, take out your pen and paper, take out your phone, and write this number down. My phone number is 817-242-4242. Yep. 
217-242-2719. I'm repeating for you. 817-242-2719. People always ask, Trent, how did you get that community text number? And how does it work? Well, today's your lucky day. Go to community.com and go get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using texting. People just text you at the number. They're added to the group. And then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. Like you already know, I text out podcast links, random things about life. I text out surprises, all the things that I don't post anywhere else except my rehabber text community. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly to you. And guess what? Now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your number. They'll give you a 10-digit real phone number. Not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than just a number, y'all. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS texting. This means you can actually manage your text links from your community and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts at certain times to certain groups. It even comes with auto-replies, so many things. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your phone number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for just that. So go to check them out at community.com. That's community.com. Let's get it. Hey, you, I got a question for you. Are you trying to build your community online this year? If not, you should. Without the rehabbers across the world, there would be no trend show in the rehab time. Everyone in business is talking about the power of community because when you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so does your sales. But where is everyone managing their communities these days? A lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to Circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content, create discussions, live streams, group chats, memberships, all under your own brand. And what's cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or a Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked or unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has its 14-day trial free just for you. Go to circle.so. Imagine being able to manage your community, start chat groups and live classes, accept payments, all in one place. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. Let's get it.